Welcome everyone to Films with the Women of My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Nicole. ready to go because tonight we are doing joker the much anticipated the very controversial uh joaquin phoenix joker um so a lot where, where to begin with joker there's a lot going on so i guess i'll start off with this is about you know the villain from the batman series for those who live in a cave um and he has been reincarnated over many different iterations i think the most famous in recent years being the heath ledger joker from dark knight uh which won him the posthumous oscar uh he of course passed away uh you know other famous jokers include jack nicholson in the uh batmans the tim burton batmans in the 90s uh mark hamill does the voice of joker in uh, batman the animated series that's a very popular one um there's the old tv batman played by uh caesar or something I can't remember his last name but there have been many uh, jokers over time uh, nicole have you ever are you into any of the batman or joker lore have you do you know anything mm, about it not not in depth i mean i know the the overall story of batman and his upbringing and what he stands for and all you know i've i've seen the dark knight series i didn't really see anything prior to that it's just um, not my, not my taste. So I never went, I never dove into that realm of, uh, superhero films, but, um, I mean, you're, you're, you're right about Heath Ledger's Joker being, you know, quintessential for like current, uh, pop culture. I think, um, I thought he was really amazing in what he did for Joker, the character. And I think that I, I was, I don't know. I guess I was expecting that in this one, but I didn't know how Joaquin Phoenix was going to take it and make it his own twist. I didn't really know what to expect out of this movie in the sense of what we were going to be seeing. Were we seeing Heath Ledger's background or were we seeing some, a new side? You know, so it was anticipated in that way because I am not interested in it to the point where I wanted to know what they were going to do with this, why it was so, why this movie was so big. So this is a, a very minor spoiler, fast spo- spoiler, fast forward, I had 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it, um, and go. Uh, this this has nothing to do with any of the other DC movies, um, this has nothing to do with Heath Ledger Joker, the Jared Leto Joker, I left that one out. Um, it's probably the most stand-alone superhero film, and I can't even really call it a superhero film because it, it's it's the it's very realistic feeling. It took me by surprise, honestly. I didn't I didn't know how this was going to pan out, so it definitely took me by surprise. So uh, I'll read the plot synopsis here for Joker. Arthur Fleck, played by Joaquin Phoenix, is struggling to find his way in Gotham's fractured society. A clown for hire by day, he aspires to be a stand-up comic at night, but finds the joke always seems to be on him. Caught in a cyclical existence between apathy and cruelty, Arthur makes one bad decision that brings about a chain reaction of escalating events. Is that Not a his, bad synopsis. Is that his name in all of them? Um, no. So, as far as, like, comic accurateness, Todd Phillips, the director of this, we should say, who directed, I think, the Hangover movies, probably his most famous stuff. Um, he did Old School. Uh, he also did War Dogs, um, and he also has worked with Bradley Cooper. Uh, he was a producer on Star is Born, and Bradley Cooper's actually a producer on this movie. So. Your fave. I love Star is Born. It's a no secret. Um, so, but he, before doing this movie, he was like, this is not going to be a comic book, you know, Joker. 
Um, so immediately he knew he was going to piss off some of the uh, the the hardcore fans. Yeah, who that's read all the interesting. Comics. You know, you yeah. when you when you have somebody like him where he wants to make something, knowing full well that this could be received really poorly by a by a big base of people but you still undertake it it's pretty pretty amazing (laughs) this is a movie i mean we'll talk about it as the review goes on why it's it's polarizing it's very very polarizing it's got like a 69 percent of rotten tomatoes right now last i checked um it's got super high user scores really high on imdb pretty low on metacritic um, and the reviews are very polarizing. Some are pe- like, it's a masterpiece. It's the best movie of the year. Walking Phoenix is incredible. Other people are saying, and I think there's a lot of different camps. Well, we uh, haven't but- talked about it together yet, so I don't know what you're feeling about it. Uh, no, we, we, we saw it together, but we did. I think we both did a pretty good job against concealing mm-hmm. what we really think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, yeah, there's a bunch of different detractors. I want to get into the detractors once we get into this, whether or not one of us or both of us are are in that, included in those groups. If you haven't seen Joker, um, it's, it's the talk right now, whether I will recommend it or not at the end. Eh, you might want to see this one. It's just a, it's just a big thing, and it might be, there's possible Oscars. We'll see. Um, but it's in theaters now. Go check it out if you have any interest. We're going to spoil it now. Uh, we rate things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. We start in 1981, so this is old school uh, Gotham, which is pretty much a surrogate for old New York in this movie. It's... Um, it looks they have like the old. skyline in there. Yeah, like I didn't realize this. Well, I didn't realize this was actually Gotham until like I forgot for the majority of this movie until some parts later on that this was even in the Batman universe. It was very completely outside, which is what I was expecting going in, knowing that the director was like, it has nothing to do with the comics. It's not a superhero movie. It's very different. So I had those expectations going in, but yeah, this feels like gritty seventies, eighties New York to me. Um, it does for, for sure. me too. I snapped in pretty quickly once I realized where I was, like what I was watching. Like, oh, this is probably Gotham City, but that, I completely agree. It looks like seventies New York City, like jiving. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, it's very it's it's gritty, dark, big city. I th- I could have sworn they were on fucking uh, on broadway like that's what it looked like they were they were on um, but a dilapidated gross broadway um so fleck is arthur fleck is a clown for hire so what that means is he dresses up as a clown and does various events that like a talent agency will assign him to so at the beginning he's twirling a sign later on he's doing his best patch adams and uh you know flailing around to (laughs) hospital kids uh he does all kinds of little odd jobs where he dressed as a clown and then at night he uh, goes out and tries stand up, um, and we'll we'll get to some of that. But um, he is also suffering from a condition called. Uh, do I have it in front of me? I don't have it in front of me. I looked it up. It's a real disorder, but it causes it you is. to laugh uncontrollably or cry. Or cry. Yeah, yeah. it depends. He he is kind of laugh crying, and this is definitely you know it's Joker's so or he's laughing. But um, he it ca- it's a neurological disorder. It's kind of like um, Tourette's, but with laughing and crying instead of saying horrible words. Um, whenever like a lot of emotion happens or just kind of out of nowhere, you can get to these fit fits, this outbursts of laughter. Um, 
And so it's, it's a mental illness. He's clearly a mentally ill character. Uh, he's a grotesque character. He is really skinny and bony and creepy. He is constantly looking like greasy. Someone said, uh, and I read a review, uh, that he looks like a pile of chicken bones dipped in uh, Diet Coke. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, that's not bad. That's, that's a visual. That's, I, and if you pick, picture that right now, that's kind of what he looks like. Um, he makes me hurt. His bones protruding out so much. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He is a character. Um, he is also bullied, harassed um, by. We, we see him get beat up in the beginning by fucking just beat some, up a lot. <laughs> we see him get beat up a lot. He gets beat up. He gets made fun of. He is constantly at the butt end of the joke, um, <laughs> Joker. And uh, but he's mentally ill and he's trying to handle it. But you can tell he's always. He's just. This whole thing is kind of his descent into what will eventually be full unleashed madness, Joker. Um, it's a pretty slow burn and. And even when the escalating parts happen, it continues to be kind of a slow burn until we reach the, you know, you could call it a cathartic conclusion. Um, but yeah, he gets beat up by a bunch of people, like you said. His co-workers don't really respect him. They make fun of him. His bosses talks down to him. Um, his only, like, source of, uh, I guess, hope, happiness, at, like a fleeting sense. Uh, he takes care of his sick mother. Um and they live together, and she. Do they say what's they don't they say what's wrong with her later on? But do they say at the beginning what is specifically no, I think going she's on just with her? Older, Francis, yeah, and Francis she's, Conroy. Francis Conroy plays the mother. I thought it was um, Patricia Clarkson at first. Uh, they look she's, she doesn't look that old. Not that Francis Conroy does either, but she was probably a a really smart choice for that. It was good. I, I like her performance in here. Um, so that's there's that, and then the other thing is. Um, a character played by Zazie Beetz, uh, who people will probably know from Deadpool. She's Domino, uh, if you're thinking about another superhero movie. Uh, she's Sophie. Um, runs into him in the elevator one day and uh, and is you know talking about how horrible the building is. And she does, and it becomes a big symbol of the movie of the fake uh, gunshot to the head, where you, like you hold your fingers to your head and go. Poof! As if, like, oh, this is so bad, kill me. Like, haha. And then he does it later on in the hallway when they're getting off on the floor. They're clearly much creepier. Um, but as the movie goes on, we see that they kind of start a relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, Maybe. the whole time. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we'll get to <laughs> the reveals and everything. But they start a relationship, and the whole time you're just. At least for me, I'm waiting for all the shoes to drop. I'm waiting for something to happen to mom. I'm waiting for something to happen to her. Um, I'm waiting for him to, you know, he has to lose his job. All these inciting incidences. Like, I kind of know where it's all going. He has to snap. That's the story. Um, and it's, yeah, but, that's, the, that... but the best part of it is not knowing when and seeing all these things unfold. And you're like, oh, this is it. And it, it's not it yet. Oh, this might and be you don't it. Know, it's not you... it. <laughs> And you don't know, like, you know he's going to snap. You know bad things are going to happen to people. You don't know how or what. I was, there was a couple of surprises, some good and some bad. I, I guess we're, we're talking about the plot here um, as a whole. It's the descent into madness. So, Nicole, uh, what did you think of the plot? Um, so, I, I actually really enjoyed how this movie was was panned out and the anticipation and the anxiety of myself leading up to his over anxiety that leads to his breaking point and not having a background of what the Joker is per se is probably very be beneficial for me to watch this movie because um, mm -hmm. I was able to immerse myself into this particular um, role. So, I mean, it's just really creepy and I felt so nervous the whole time, but I, 
it, mm-hmm. that, that I think that that was a, a testament to how this movie was was made. Um, I mean, the plot is what it's supposed to be. It's his like downfall spiral into becoming this crazy person, and you know, trying to make amends with himself by killing people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I really, I really like what this how this movie was put together and I like the idea behind it. Um, I'm probably going to give the plot of this movie a four because it's mm. just the, the way that all the antics were set up were, was done correctly. It was really pieced together. Well, yeah, the plot is simple. Um, you know, it, it, the plot's the simplest thing about this movie. This movie has big ideas, has things to say, uh, whether or not it lands the punches, we'll get to that later. And, you know, some of the, character and resonance and feel work um but it's a basic it's a basic story with some good twists and turns as we go here and then the end i'm gonna say right now i'm not gonna say what happens but the end kind of blows up and goes crazy like the end is insane um (laughs) which which you know mirrors his descent into the insanity so that's uh all that works um there are a few things i don't like as much about the plot later on um i'll say zazzy beats character thing um i don't know if i wanted that to be what it was um that's a big sticking point for me just because they every time that happened at the beginning, I wasn't super into it. Um, it did take me a little bit to get into this, maybe 20 minutes or so. It's a two-hour movie, um, but I'm also going to land on a four. I think the plot is, is solid, um, and th- there's some even even better stuff coming up for me. Um, so uh, the, 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 the shit starts to really hit the fan when uh, one of his you know co-workers, uh, Randall, uh, gives him a gun to protect himself. Um yeah, I mean, whatever. They're 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 a bunch of they're a bunch of weird, like seedy characters. So it, I didn't bat too much of an eye at it. It's kind of it is kind of weird. He would just give him a gun and be like, "You got to protect yourself." I, it is after he <laughs> he did get beat up by those guys when he was holding the sign. So that's um, that's I mean, how else? Something. What, what what else do you resort to at that point? <laughs> well, and that's the thing. we talked about who should do him. That his friend obviously they, they talked down to him. His social worker uh, doesn't really listen to him, and he is you know getting increasingly frustrated about that throughout the movie. Um, his his boss doesn't believe him that he got jumped, and he's like, "You got to return the sign because they, they they stole a sign and ripped it apart, and then beat him up." And the boss doesn't even give shit. He's like, "No, you, you got to return the sign," and I, I don't I don't buy your thing. Like, you know, everyone's just a huge dick to him the whole time, um, except for well, because except for Zazie in, Beats. because in that time period, I feel like people looked at crazy people like, "Oh, this guy's." nuts like nothing is helping him his medications aren't helping him and it's boiling up and you can tell people are just egging him on because they don't really care about him because he's weird yeah i think that's definitely part of the the, the thing like the weird social outcast loner which um you know those are a type of person society and some of them end up doing big horrific things um i I feel like this is just saying that uh you think of like big uh you call them like lone wolf uh shooters that shoot up schools and churches the the guy who did the shooting at that uh in um aurora colorado uh was during the dark knight movie and they attributed him to some sort of joker thing there were a well, lot of police the, out that, this first the, night there were yes and that's the thing about this movie it's very um controversial in that way and i do agree with what the media is saying about this movie it's it's scary in the in the current events that we have and it's done so well and accurately that I feel like this could literally be anybody that that feels a connection to this movie. It's because they they made it so realistic, and 
you know, thinking about thinking about current events and things that are happening in this world right now to put a movie out like this is really like it's a statement piece but at the same time it scared you <laughs> like uh <laughs> this really could happen and it does happen and like what the fuck why am i watching this right now i don't want to i don't want this to happen <laughs> that's part of the controversy is um one of the main so i, I guess i'll talk about here in the middle there's three general schools of thought of detraction that i've picked up reading reviews i've been reading a lot about this movie because it's, it's an interesting polarization uh number one is kind of a classic critic review um the ideas are hollow it doesn't land it's it's big ideas it doesn't really have anything to say it's it's shallow it's you know, kind of, kind of the detractors of V for Vendetta when that came out uh, like 10, 15 years ago. Similar reviews to that that were negative, where it's just like, eh, it's just, it's just a big, hollow, loud cartoon for teenage boys. That's that's one school. Second school, uh, upset nerds. I'm gonna call them uh, who do who do you know this isn't comic accurate. Hashtag not my Joker. Um, and it it doesn't you know it doesn't fit in with the DC universe like DC has a fucking universe. Their universe sucks. I mean it doesn't it's, oh, it's horrible. Wow. DC movies are bad. Other than the Christopher Nolan Batman, so I'm saying it right now. Jesus. Um, then there's the third school of thought. The po- the political. This is a dangerous movie that should not be made because it's it's glorifying the mentally ill person going crazy and causing chaos and hurting people do you killing fit into people. any of those ca- categories do you feel do you feel like there's something that you can relate to most in terms of these reviews um no because i love this movie oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i won't hold it back any mo- mo- longer i'm probably gonna go see this again um it's been a week here for movies. This is unlikely to get pushed out of my top five by the end of the year. I really like this movie a lot. Um, and, I'll, and I'll talk about a little bit why when we talk about, and I guess we'll talk about him now, Arthur Fleck, the character. Um, Nicole, what do you think of him and the other characters? What do you think of them in this movie? So he he is a lot to think about. He's a lot to unfold. And that buildup that he has throughout this this movie of like, He's really troubled in the beginning and nothing is going his way. And his only friend is his mom, who's very ill. And it's just like, this guy's real, has a real shitty life. And you know that mm. people are, people are taunting him to the, to the point of, he shows it a couple times, sticking a gun up to his chin to, to kill himself. And it's like, Jesus Christ, this is a real thing. And it's overwhelming. It's, it's really overwhelming because it's, because the way that Joaquin Phoenix did this role, and I think that right. he he always is that way when he does his films. But just I think he's per- really good in in most things. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. It's it's it makes me uncomfortable of how how realistic it is. But um, that's good. That's a good thing for me. Um, I like the interaction that he has with his mom. It shows his dependency on her, and he can't live. He can't function and live as a normal person on his own and that gets a little bit more into later in the film when he is starting to become this kind of ringleader of the protests that are happening like Mm -hmm. he can't he can't deal with that he like he's not a person of sound mind to be able to take to control this thing and it gets political when they have um uh what's his name thomas wayne 
uh, running for the the senator or the governor or whatever. Right. We should say the mother allegedly, he according to her, had a relationship with Thomas Wayne, and he is the illegitimate child of Thomas Wayne, yeah. according to her. We'll get more into that. Yeah, whole but thing. this is a lot of shit to un to unload on somebody so mentally unstable like this. So, um, you know his his, I guess decrease in 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 being able to make rational decisions is really fucking scary. And I can see why people are, are uncomfortable with this movie. I, I am myself. I'm, I'm happy. I saw it because I, I need to see what the hype is about, but at the same time, can understand where people are coming from with that be, with just feeling uneasy about why something so realistic and scary is put out for the public. But besides all that, the, the other characters, they're, placeholders for me no, nobody else really stands out to me except uh robert de niro <laughs> at the end <laughs> yes yeah we'll get to him um, when, he, when yeah, he becomes a big but fan, he's, yeah, yeah definitely but because he plays a really pivotal role in why the joker acts this way but i agree with you the the love interest of him whatever um is is kind of eh for me and then all of his clown buddies are eh um other than that he stole the fucking show. It's freaking horrifying <laughs> that he acted so well in this way. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier, how the role of Joker kind of, you know, based on what the, what the tabloids say, overtook Heath Ledger's sanity a little bit. And people think right. that that's why his he had this unfortunate downward spiral that led to his death and jack nicholson said something about that too when he died he was like i warned the kid that when you're playing this character it, it, it gets to you in ways you don't expect like, you can see it you can see it like think about how joaquin phoenix had to make himself laugh to the point of gagging and, th- and vomiting almost just lost 52 be- pounds for this too yeah like, he went hard. to, he, to he, make himself yeah. so unstable and and to be chronically crying and laughing like that hurts your body and he he did it so well it's so eerie and really just amazing character that he played i'm gonna give him a five i think everybody else brings the characters as a whole down to like a like a four yeah, I'm pretty on board with you. Um, he's a five. He's awesome. Um, he, he should get nominated. I, I say it right now. Um, it takes about five minutes for me to accept him. I, I have to get past Joaquin Phoenix in the first five five minutes, and then I'm good the rest of the way. <laughs> you do. You at the very at the early goings of this movie, you have you have to wade into it. Um, and whether or not you do, I think ha- you know has something to do with your enjoyment level. But once you once you wade in and accept it, which I find pretty easy to do, once the thing starts kick- gets kick- uh, when it starts kicking off, um, yeah, he's he's excellent. He's one of the, one of the best performances I've seen this year, and he's an actor who always nails it. And I I think this is uh, an upper half role for him. Um, yeah, I, for the other characters, you already said it, Rob De Niro. We'll get to him later because I think he's a really interesting character. Um, Zazie Beats, I wish she was given more to do. Um, the mom, you know, you kind of, like you said, a placeholder. Um, and then like the, the, but at the end, it's important at the end, she's very important. So we shouldn't say placeholder during the first three quarters of the movie. She's a placeholder. But when, when the, the strike of what she's all about comes, it's, Mm -hmm. it's very important. 
Right, no, you're, you're right. And then we, I mean, and then we get cameos from a young Bruce Wayne and Alfred Pennyworth, a young Alfred Pennyworth. So there's your, there's your yeah. Batman cameos that come up a little bit later. Um, but yeah, no, the, the other characters, but the thing is, no one's bad. No one's bad in the other characters. No one's so horrible. I'm like, uh, it pulls me out. This is bad. So, you know, like you said, four for everyone else and a five for him. So I'm actually going to land a four or five. I'm a little bit higher. I think, I think. Walking Phoenix carries this in a super, super strong way. Um, so I, I guess we haven't really said it yet. The inciting incident that causes basically two big plots to go is uh, there's these Wall Street guys, or in this case, Wayne Enterprise guys, who are harassing a woman on the train. Uh, Arthur starts laughing uncontrollably. It's in the middle of the night. No one's on the subway. It's just them. It's dirty old Gotham slash New York, so there's no one around. Um, they start beating the shit out of him because he starts laughing and, you know, they're going to pick on the mentally handicapped guy. Um, and he shoots them with the gun that the guy gave him earlier. Oh, Chekhov's gun coming coming into play really early. <laughs> and um, so he, he shoots them, he uh, all three of them. And he uh, then goes and bangs as he beats. Um, and they, uh, uh, the the whole... You got like, that from that? I Oh, okay. Well, when he goes into her apartment afterwards, after... Oh, gets, yeah, I forgot about that part. Okay. Yeah, because of what happens, right? Um, and then uh, then the whole news cycle is about how some guy dressed in clown makeup, because he was coming home from a job, he had clown makeup on, um, killed all these guys in the subway. Uh, these, these rich guys who were, you know, they don't know anything else other than that. Uh, this is like a matchstick that sets off... Uh, a bunch of people wearing clown masks and protesting the risk rich. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of a, like, uh, would that really kickstart them all off so hard? But the, the whole, because the whole first half hour to 45 minutes, the Gotham is portrayed. So desolate. We hear little news clips throughout the whole thing about how there's no jobs. There's no money. It's, it's, it's like a horrible poverty crime ridden area. And, you know, all the, all these angry people needed to blame, was was or all these angry people needed was someone to blame and a, and a, I've got a bone symbol to pick to with this up. plot line. Oh, really? Because you gave it a four. What's what's your bone? I do, but it's it's small. It's just you know, shit. What the hell was I supposed to say? You're talking about how you don't like the inciting incident and how the mob gets mad. Yeah, just give me a second. I'll think about it. All right, I'll talk a little bit more about it, uh, what's going on here as we progress. Um, he so after he finds out that his mother thinks that the the Thomas Wayne will write back to her letters oh, about all right, how. Wait. All right, I'll start. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. I I don't like how um when when all the the news is coming out about the uh, the three guys that were killed, they nobody has an inkling that it is joker i I don't i don't understand (laughs) how they know that this guy is like down on his luck with his job he's about to be fired and he he will in a little bit um he is obviously unstable and the guy knows that he just gave him a gun and i don't understand how nobody put two and two together say oh my god it might have been it might have been arthur like i just gave him a gun he can't i know he can't say anything because he's not supposed to have the gun i guess I, all right, so uh, I'll I I understand where you're coming from here, and I'm gonna push back a little bit in saying that later on, not too much later on, mind you, the cops uh, do come to him in some sort of investigation, um, maybe a week later, something like that. I, this movie doesn't seem to take place in a super long timeline, maybe a month or so. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah. Something like that. Um, and uh, also his buddies from the clown thing come over after, like you said, he gets fired in a little bit. Um, I think there's suspicion, but I don't think anyone... Like, on the the day after, you're not going to question... I don't think you're going to question your coworker. At least I wouldn't. If the description matched someone I worked with, um, I wouldn't think it to be them right off the bat, even if they were a little off, a little quiet, whatever. Um, uh, it would take a little bit of time. better than others. <laughs> Well, I just wouldn't think about it, you know. Like, you know, maybe it's just maybe it's a reflection of, of me and and the average person, or maybe I'm not the average person. But when wow. when you know tragedies happen all day long, I mean, it sucks to say, but like there are shootings a lot. I mean, there's horrible people. You tell me, you, I mean, you tell me news events that happen all day. I'm like, I didn't even hear about that. I don't. I mean, <laughs> person, per, Susie was trapped in a well. Uh, eight people died in a school shooting. Plane crashed. I don't know. Like, like it's it's all the same and blurs together, and I don't really pay attention to it very well. Um, so I understand no one picking up on it immediately. I guess. I guess. I mean, later on, I guess I I, well, I was duped. I don't know if you want to talk about that yet but i was duped in the the course of actions that happened after the shooting <laughs> so let's i'm gonna breeze through this because um, i mean we've been focusing more on the themes and the big ideas here so after this the shooting he gets fired um that's like one part of the incident he goes to uh the uh social worker they've cut the funding for his program he no longer gets his medication another you know incident that hurts him um he goes on to a stand-up comedy show and does what we see in the film is his first stand-up. He starts the whole bit laughing uncontrollably, tells a really unfunny joke, and it's just horrible. Um, we go to the next day, and we see that the character we haven't talked about at all, Murray Franklin, played by Robert De Niro, who is a Johnny Carson, David Letterman of, of his day. Um, you know, he, he does a talk show at night. Um, he's got some comedic bits, and he interviews people as well as makes fun of, you know, news headlines. And in this case, like it's... Like Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> like Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, I guess. I, I was doing big ones, but I, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, right up there with, with Carson. And, and, yeah. And, <laughs> um, I know. And, I know. There, there's been tons. Leno. And um, he, so that's that's uh, Murray Franklin. And uh, so the, the thing gets big, big reviews on his thing. And that's going to lead to something else in a little bit. Um, but then... You know, things are getting really bad for him, and then his mom starts to get extra sick, um, and he's trying to, and he finds the letter to, to the, to the Waynes, he goes and confronts little Bruce and, and young Alfred, um, they send him away, say his mom's crazy, and we find out they're, they're right, his mom's crazy, um, his mom was in an institution, um, had a lot of abusive relationships, his adopted mother, we should also say, um, and, you know, his... Yeah, it breaks his fucking heart, because he thought that mother. she was the only one that he had, and come to find out, she's not even really his mom, like, that's so... That, and his dad doesn't give a shit about him. <laughs> his dad abused him as a kid, and everything we know... Did. And we know now that she has a history of mental illness, which makes sense why he has mental illness, it's very hereditary. No, um, that's not why it was. It was because... She, he got hit in the head by being abused so bit poorly. Like I think they said he hit his head on a radiator or something. Well, they did those say lines. that, but I figured that's, I think that's what caused it. That's why he was mad later on, saying I've been carrying around this card all the time, saying I have a condition, but it's not because of that. It's because I was abused and it it fucked up his brain. Oh, I thought that exacerbated his pre, you know, his pre. No, I'm pretty condition. sure it was due to the abuse caused by his mom and whoever he she was with at the time 
Huh. So she fucked him up. That's why he's so mad at her. That's well, why I feel, he... I, I thought he was mad just because she lied. She did like she never had a thing with Thomas Wayne. She was crazy herself. Her boyfriend's hurt. I him. guess it's up for interpretation. But as as far as I'm concerned, I do recall a part where he's mad that he's been carrying around this card explaining his condition when that's not why the condition is. Okay. Well, I I mean either way, he finds out his mom's liar and she's a crazy crazy person. That's that's what happens for sure. Um, and so she gets, all of a sudden has a, uh, a stroke. Um, he goes to the hospital with her and he is at his lowest low point and he's sitting there with Zazie beats and he goes back to his apartment and, um, he goes back, well, he goes back to her apartment and then Sophie comes out from another room, Zazie beats character. And she's like, Oh, you're, you're Arthur. Aren't you? You're that guy that's in the hall. Why are you in here? And like, we get a bunch of weird flashbacks showing that, Arthur and Zazzy Beats never had a relationship. It was it was so all in his head. Freaking weird. I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. And that's why I said I felt duped because when I had my theory of why nobody was um you know see thinking it was Joker that was doing the killings and they showed mm-hmm. him showing up to her house or whatever with uh the clown makeup on that night I was like, how the fuck does she know it's him? <laughs> because it never <laughs> happened. <laughs> See, this, so this is the part of the plot I don't like because it's, I, I think you saying duped is correct. It's not a twist. It's a lie. It's a dupe. Um, it's, I, I don't think it's very well executed. Um, it's supposed to add to it. And I think you could have done something different. Uh, Zazie Beats is they fine really in They threw this. in her parts. Like, I know, like... When I saw her sitting in the, the 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 laugh house, whatever the fuck it's called, comedy night, mm-hmm. and um, she's sitting there smiling and laughing at how funny he is, and runs into her house and she's open arms, you know, making out with him and stuff. I'm like, this is really bizarre. That was not the intention that she. I mean, excuse me, that was not the impression that she gave off when they were in the elevator the first time we see them connecting. Like it was really weird. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, that's the thing is, like, all that felt really weird. We did see a dream sequence earlier when, or not a, like a daydream sequence, when he was imagining um, uh, Murray Franklin, Robert De Niro's character, calling him up on stage and, like, telling him, You're a fine young man. I really like you. And you're, you're a very funny guy. And uh, clearly, clearly, this TV uh, character has been his surrogate father growing up, um, watching him on TV and everything. Um, and. I mean, I just don't understand why Zazie Beats was used in this way. I thought, I thought she was gonna die, or he was gonna kill her, or like someone would get, would kill her, and he that would be the final straw. I think that was the only thing that was holding him, you know, together and having that that feeling of hoping that she was gonna, you know, be by his side mm-hmm. more than what she was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I was, didn't see it, it coming either. It was a lost either. plot point. It was. It really was. It was just. I don't know. I feel like it was just thrown thrown in there carelessly. Well, there is a whole lot of mess in this center part. There's a lot of good scenes that stand out, and anything, anytime Joaquin's doing Joaquin, he's really good in it, but not all the scenes work, per se. Um, but we get the idea. I get the idea um, as far as, like, and we'll talk about the visual and the sound in a second, right after we talk about, like, some of these last couple scenes before the end. Um, so... Arthur gets pissed off. He goes to the hospital. Some others just mother to death. Um, I think that was the the part. You're just so care- carelessly 
breezing across this point. This is the part where you know that he has completely lost his shit, 100%. He, he's out of outer body experiences, outer, uh, like, out of his mind now, because that... His mom You're right. Was, I did kind of brush over that, but it's kind of the point. <laughs> his That's mom his was everything. Yeah, his yeah. mom was everything to him for however many years, and for him to just to just mindlessly put a put a pillow over to end it for her was just like Jesus. This is it. He's completely gone now. And he's yeah. You have to put it in his mindset. He's not only lost everything, but he's also off his medication. So he's like extra. Right. It's an extra bad place. But I guess I only breezed over that because we're getting to my favorite scene in the movie, which I think <laughs> was one of your favorite scenes too. Um, Arthur is goes back home after killing his mother um, nonchalantly, and uh, <laughs> and uh, he is invited on to Murray's show because of the unexpected popularity of his t- terrible routine. Uh, he gets a call from one of the show agents, and so he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, he does like a bunch of practice runs of how he'll do it, and then at oh, the end he man, is practicing shooting creepy. himself. <laughs> like, yeah, he's going to go out there, be all happy-go-lucky. He's watching old reruns to try to imitate, um, I guess, normal people's reactions on the show, and then he's just going to pull the trigger on himself out there. Um, he, he's putting on his makeup and his outfit because he wants to do the clown thing when he goes out there. When he's visited by Gary and Randall, remember Gary and Randall, his two, sure uh, <laughs> his two little um, friends. So Gary's a, a we should say I don't know if they say he's a dwarf. He's got dwarfism, a uh, little person, whatever you want to say. Um, and Randall is the big fat guy who kind of egged oh, him yeah. on <laughs> earlier. Um, Thank and, you for your political correctness. <laughs> I mean, I think little person or or dwarf dwarfism is talk about big fat guy. (laughs) Oh, um, a a tall uh, obese male. I don't know. What what do you want? (laughs) Uh, That's good. Fat people are not. He's jolly. Okay, yeah, little guy and jolly man coming. (laughs) Santa and his helper coming into the fucking house. Uh, they're his old pals, and uh, they're like, oh, Arthur, if you were hearing about what happened to you, why don't you have a drink? And um, Arthur, in a crazy fit, it, he's just so pit, or not Arthur, uh, Mur- uh, I'm, all, I'm all messed up right now. Um, walking, uh, Arthur, Arthur in his fit, uh, pulls out a gun on Santa, Randall, Santa, whatever, the big guy, uh, Randall, and shoots him uh, because, oh no, shoots him, stabs him. Stabs him? I think he shoots him. I think he stabs him. <laughs> he does. He stabs him. He stabs him because there would be a gunshot. Scissors. Would be he has scissors. He has scissors, and then he slams him in the wall over and over again in yeah, his face. That's the part I remember. I don't remember what the eye or something. I don't remember what the inciting incident Whatever was. Whatever it was, it was fucking grotesque. It was disgusting. And then he's laying on the ground, and he's like kind of heavily breathing, but he's he's really calm. Like, he's okay. And then we see Gary, the little guy, over in the corner, and he's, like, freaking out. He's doing little screams and, oh, and like, hyperventilating. You don't want to laugh, but you... it is really funny. Oh, you have to laugh. I think this scene was played for dark comedy. This is yeah, a dark comedy definitely. Scene. You don't it want to, to but you're gonna. Because <laughs> then Arthur, and then Arthur right afterwards, he goes into, like, a super mundane conversation and, um, and you know, the <laughs> Gary is like no fucking idea what to do. He's like, Gary, I always liked you. You were nice to me. You can go. And Gary, it's such a good gag. It's such a fucking good gag. So Gary's freaked out, walking slowly by Arthur, who's on the floor, 
with this fake fucking face paint, skinny, skeleton, fucking scary, walking phoenix, covered in blood, dead guy, friend, smashed in the face, and Gary just walks right over him, and he's going to open the door, but the little fucking <laughs> deadbolt lock is too tall for him to reach, <laughs> and so he's trying to reach up and open it, That's and then he has to turn, because he's a little guy, he can't reach the thing, and he has to turn back around, uh, uh, Arthur, and then Arthur says, oh, yeah, uh, c- could you unlock the door? He's like, huh. Yeah, sure thing, buddy. And then he gets up. He's like slowly walking over. He's undo- undoes the thing and he goes, ah! And like jumps at him. And Gary's like cowering. He's like, ah, I'm just kidding, man. And then lets him go. <laughs> so Jesus fucking Christ. good. It's like the best scene in the whole movie, which is, I like the, I like the movie overall, but it's a, it's a really fucking good scene. <laughs> it is um, terrifyingly I- comical. <laughs> And there's a bunch of interesting visual and sound choices here. Before we get to, he's going to Murray's show. This is where the big climax is. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Nicole, what do you think of the visual and sound of this movie? Oh, wow. I think that the visual and sound is just excellent. Excellent in this movie. Excellent. Um, (laughs) I particularly like the scenes where he's... um, slumped over on his way home and he has those gigantic staircase to walk up and you know that it's just his day is so fucking terrible and then he still has to walk up those stairs to get home it's just like it's so powerful to me because you just you know the sadness and he just wants to be in, in the comfort of his own space with his mom and he's still got to get up those stairs. It's like, it's, it's really interesting. But on the other hand, he also uses those stairs in such a way where he's on top of the world, walking down those stairs before those detectives find him a little <laughs> bit later on. And it, the, also the, uh, great. the balance of those two together using that same location is just brilliant to me. I just really enjoyed that. Um, I really like the scenes coming up that we're going to talk about at the at the Murray show. Um, I thought that they were made really well. I thought that, I guess the the biggest visual that we have to talk about is what they did with the Joker himself and Joaquin Phoenix's character, how he dedicated himself to making him look so you know depleted and malnourished and psychotic, and it's it looks amazing. Like it's just really scary. And you know what the Joker looks like just from from being a pop culture reference forever. But mm. this particular one doesn't have the big cut mouth and it doesn't have that sweatiness like as much. He's just a sad... He's a different looking Joker. He's it's, the most different it is. looking Joker we've had in a while. Yeah, It is. And he, ju- he looks just as creepy. They show him without the makeup a lot, obviously. And you can still see that underlying Joker feel in there. And it's like, Oh God, he's just a creepy looking man in general. But I thought that everything was really, really well shot. Everything really caught my attention. It kept me intrigued the whole time. I thought that the music choices were really good. Um, Later on, there's a, there's a scene that I like. Well, I just discussed one where he's walking down the stairs and he's doing his dances and all that. That's fucking cool. And, um, there, there's another scene later with um, where he's in a police car, and I really enjoy the music that they put in that too. So I'm gonna have to give I'm gonna have to give this a five for the visual and sound. I thought it was just really well executed. I am a hundred percent on board with you. This is a five. This movie looks and sounds 
fantastic. Like, so good. It's it's the you're, I I want to echo everything you say. I won't I won't harp on it too long. But this I was gonna bring up the staircases too. The beginning that dour horrible like thundering string orchestra sound. It's like having to climb up a castle, like a scary castle, to get to and his it's, lair. <laughs> it's yeah, you're right. And it's it's day. It's that day night. It's that foggy like dark blue sky. The music's heavy. His head slung. He's just horribly miserable after getting beat up again or yelled at again or made fun of again. It just is like that just dour, dark, like horrible feeling throughout the whole movie. The first little moment of joy we actually get is when he fucking kills those three people on the subway and he gets his little dance in the subway bathroom or whatever it is. I thought oh, that was kind of a weird thing. Dancing is just like amazing. What a good touch. It, but yeah, but looking back, I'm like, oh, he's he really is just like he's so sick. Like he's so sick that. When he's and he he's trying so hard at the beginning to just be a regular person. I think one of the things he writes in his journal is um, the worst part about having mental illness is um, people Hearing not people understand. People say you don't, yeah. People people not understanding why you're not just acting normal or something like that. Yeah, it was really sad. And the way he he's always writing in this joke journal, which also has a bunch of his you know psychotic ramblings, and it's just really nude, nude sad. photos and all. Yeah, he's got. It also, he also keeps a picture of um, uh, Thomas Wayne in there because you know that whole that whole storyline. Uh, but he's just so sad in the beginning, and then once he starts like doing bad things and kind of letting his bad bad self go, it starts to get a little more upbeat. And then you're hundred percent right. Right after one of the probably the best scene in the movie, the next best scene in the movie is the fucking song "Rock and Roll Part 2 But Gary Glitter kicks in. He's going down the elevator and he starts like he's going down the same steps. The sun is shining. He's dancing and it's hey oh my god! Like I have chills thinking about it right now because it's so good. It's just and he's so gleefully happy at all of the horrible, disgusting, sick mentally ill things he's just done i mean and you can blame him because he's obviously an individual who shouldn't be doing this and also all the societal choices that led to him you know he really was like a working stiff who had a bad who was dealt a bad hand and and all the society things came too much and so he just fucking went crazy and all of a sudden he's so happy that he went crazy i like that we both i like that we both like that scene because when we talk about movies on here and you know, there's a lot of times where we say, there's nothing in this film that will stick with me afterwards. And I think this might be one of the first, you know, of the few movies I, I've thought a lot about that we've done. This scene in particular is going to stick with me the most because it's so twisted and it's just like, oh, what a what a disgusting person dancing around <laughs> and that that fucking song in the background it's like a like you're at a sports game <laughs> hey, yeah, like you're at a sports game and you're all hyped up but it's because he just killed people like oh my god it's that that really is gonna stick with me it's just this it makes my skin crawl uh, so let's get to the end here. We um we are on route to the studio. He's pursued by those two detectives who came to him earlier. We didn't really talk about them too much, but they started questioning him after his mom went to the hospital. Um, they you know kind of have a feeling it's it he has something to do with all this. Uh, the train is filled with clown protesters. Those people that remember he incited way earlier in the thing who have been protesting this whole move this whole t- or not the movie. <laughs> I'm sure there are people going to protest this movie, uh, but the <laughs> protesters of the rich people in this movie. They call them just like the rich people in Gotham. That's the the bad guy. It's not a particular type of person other than rich people. Um, 
and uh, or some maybe politicians maybe that that was part of it. They don't like Thomas Wayne, I don't think. Um, so the whole thing is uh, the police chasing after him, and then uh, the clowns like the detective accidentally shoots one of the protesters because he was pursuing Arthur, and he doesn't mean to. It was a big commotion. The thing's them. back. And it's it's like probably how a lot of these like police protest things Absolutely. go. Like two people on either sides. No, I mean there's probably bad people on both sides, but no one's. I mean maybe people are trying to incite. I don't want to get too political about it, but it's a little accident, and then everything blows up and shit goes crazy. And and Arthur is dancing around and so happy that chaos and death and carnage has been caused uh, before going to perform on Murray Franklin Live or whatever the fuck his <laughs> show is called. Um, I like their little cameo here by Mark Marin, fellow podcaster uh, and, uh, and stand-up <laughs> comedian because um, we have so many listeners like Mark Marin. Um, and he the whole thing is uh, they do a little intro meet and he's like, what's with the face paint? And he's like, oh, you know, it's part of my character. I want you to introduce me as Joker. Um, and that's what he says for the first time. And then he's like, oh, that's weird. All right, whatever you want. He's like, don't you know? want to know why I call myself that? And he's like, it's because that's what you called me after you were making fun of my tape. And I'm like, oh, that's why he's calling. In this world, that's why he calls us a Joker. Because his idol made fun of him on TV. Called him a Joker. Right. And um, before we get to we go out here, this movie has a lot of and he the director even says it scorsese vibes and there are two movies that are particularly scorsese about this both starring robert de niro um one taxi driver is an obvious is an obvious uh correlation a mentally ill uh person in joaquin phoenix compares pretty well to a taxi driver who comes back from war and has ptsd and has mental instabilities and does all these questionable things but at his core he has some he has some goodness to him uh, and that was played by De Niro back in the 70s. Uh, fast forward to the 80s in a movie called The King of Comedy, a movie I really like. Um, he stalks a TV personality, kidnaps him, and ties him up. Robert De Niro does. So now Robert De Niro is like the guy he kidnapped and stalked back in the 80s. He's the, he's the big talk show host now. Um, it's really good casting. because I like of- that they did that then. That's that I, of course, if anybody knows me, knows I don't have much... Of- knowledge as to the two movies that you spoke about but <laughs> i think a lot of people have at least heard of taxi driver oh and I, certainly thinking of comedy too i think yeah but no it's nice to put him in something like this where he's on the other side of it those are two of my i mean i really like you know there's so many good scorsese movies but um i think king of comedy is like heavily underrated and taxi driver is close to a masterpiece so um the choice of robert de niro as now the flip side uh, as the main, the main, the main guy, the the, the TV show host. It's a, it's a good choice. Um, and he goes out. He goes out. He's weird. And this is the big moment. He goes out on stage. He makes out with the old lady doctor who was on there. She's like a <laughs> doctor. She's like a Doctor Drew kind of character, like you know, like a celebrity doctor. Um, and you know, just to be weird, he sits in the chair all quietly. And this is where the dialogue starts going back and forth between between Murray and Arthur. Um, and, you know, we, we don't this is where we're like, well, it's going to you, you were squeezing my hand pretty tight here because you had no oh idea my God, when it was up, coming, what was coming. You knew something was going to happen. So um, he starts telling just bad, morbid jokes. And then and, you know, he's getting a bad reaction. It's not working out like people 
thought like uh, Murray thought it would. Then he openly admits that he was the one who murdered the people on the subway system. Um, and then he starts a maniacal rant about how society abandoned him and mocked him. Uh, Murray I think pokes. That the ba- dialogue here is a little choppy. I don't know. It was. Kind I of, agree with you. I don't you, like this rant you, as much. Yeah. No, did I, you think it was a little weird how he said like, "Oh yeah, that's why I killed those three guys," and then Robert De Niro just kind of stared at him like, "Oh, you did?" It was like no, there's no police running up to him or anything. Like it was. Well, like, I mean. Because Murray, Murray, like, signal. if you see, Murray signals off to uh, Mark Maron's character, the stagehand, when he's like, gotta cut the feed, and he's like, no, let it go, this is good. Um, he actually, Robert De Niro does that. He wants to keep this thing going, because he thinks it'll be good for ratings or whatever. That's why he brought the crazy person on to begin with. Not because he was gonna be this, but because he was gonna make fun of him. Uh, oh, no. I mean, it was just, I, it, it wasn't my favorite way of, of doing this scene. I think his speech itself isn't that well yeah, written. It's not. It seems, it's not memorable it, for me right now. I don't really remember what he said. It feels like um, like a, like a like an, a moody teenager wrote it. It's not. It's in a movie that has a lot of. I mean, people are saying uh, it, that's what the whole movie is: is moody teenager. You know. Fest. Well, you think like, about other people that have played the Joker in the past, and there's there's memorable moments that they say, like like why so serious, and you know things like that. Those are the catchphrases that people remember, and I don't think that he really has something like that in this um, rant that he has that sticks out, and that's a shame. I feel like it should have a little bit more oomph in there. His catchphrase in quotations is him dancing down the stairs to that's that's the that's the memorable shit. Um, I, I'm gonna go back and see this again. I feel like I need to digest more. I feel like I'm missing too much. Um, but uh, no, I, this is the part of the movie where I understand the critics who are like, it's shallow. It has nothing to say. Um, it has all these ideas, but doesn't know what to do with them and doesn't actually go for it. Like, I understand the critics who say that now, um, uh, because of this, this speech. Um, I don't agree with it because I think there's so much merit everywhere else. And I think, uh, I think he did take a shotgun approach of ideas. And Look, themes. I'm not letting this scene detract from the rest of the movie for me. I just, I like Robert De Niro and, uh... Joaquin Phoenix together. I really like their Me too. them together, but the scene unfortunately it just doesn't doesn't hold up to that same eeriness. It was it was like kind of a blase speech that he has and it's like if he has all this built up emotion and wants to tell the world that he killed these people and he's proud of it, like put a little bit more in it. It wasn't it wasn't enough. Yeah, you could have brought someone else in to punch up this scene because there at the beginning I really liked the scene when he's sitting there weird. Murray makes his glib little jokes, jabs at Joker, and then when Joker starts doing the rambling and Murray starts to get like on his horse, like, "Well, you think it's just okay to kill people? You can't do that." Yeah, what the fuck? And like, "Oh, you're gonna blame every the society for all your problems, kid? You don't even know how hard it is. Everyone has to work hard." And and then he's like, oh, "You don't understand what it's like," and all that stuff. Like, it starts off good, and then it kind of it gets a little pretentious. It gets a little annoying. Um, once they start doing that, no, I think, I mean, I knew what was coming. I think the audience knows what's coming. Instead of shooting himself, he fucking kills Murray no. point blank. And it's a pretty sweet gunshot. It's a pretty sweet. Oh, it's, should, it's scary. They go back to like how it would be shown to the audience, like, like the old eighties TV style. And he just pops him. And then he stands up and shoots him again. And then I don't the audience like runs this away. scene. <laughs> Why, why don't you like this scene? I don't scene? like it because it was too real. 
It's, too... it's like the, the the reporter who shot herself on TV. Oh my god, that makes your stomach turn. Like I was like, what the fuck, man? That looks so real. It's gross. I thought the ending was going to be because they pan out and they show you like the old TV broadcasting control station where they have a bunch of little monitors showing all the different channels that are going on and they kind of slowly pan back and you see all the other TV stations are slowly picking up. This just in, uh, a local comedian, Arthur Fleck, has just murdered Murray Franklin on TV. Like they they, they go back and show that and then they also show like there's like a cat commercial and like, you know, whatever the fuck else. And I thought that was going to be the ending. Um, We get a little bit of extra though and, uh, um, and some of it's good and some of it's not. Riots are breaking out over Gotham. Uh, Arthur is taken away by the police. Um, you know, otherwise Nicole would be very upset if he's like, "Oh, he just walked out of the building and he was fine." <laughs> 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 no, the police do come. They do get him. Um, but the riots are so crazy that some of the people in the masks, the protesters, have stolen an ambulance, smash into the police car that is holding Arthur. They pull him out, drag him on top of the police car. And that's like their their hero. And then we also cut to the famous uh, Wayne alleyway scene. I don't I don't know if you know this in the comics, but Bruce Wayne's parents die when they leave a theater because Bruce was afraid. No, I didn't know that that was true to another Batman storyline. I didn't know yeah, how they this, died. The scene it's done in different ways, but it's always in an alley. It's always with his parents, and it's always after leaving a theater performance. In this case, they're leaving that old Charlie Chaplin movie. Um, they so the the parents leave with Bruce because Bruce wants to leave. He's scared of the performance. Um, so during that whole time of him dressing up like the bellboy, and then he goes out and he kills his mom, and then he goes to the show and kills uh, Murray, and then he goes back out to the fucking. I don't know if it's the same night. I'll say that I don't know well, if it's the same. What? It might be the next day. So you want to go see it twice? Maybe they were at a different event. He was at the first one because they we confronted him in the movie theater. I remember, yeah. I, I maybe it's another event. He's a he's a he's a politician. He's running for thing office. He's got to go to events. But isn't there some of them? Isn't there? Yeah, I mean, he you know you bring That's your family weird. along. I don't like that. All right. Sign. Well, they had they had to do the Wayne scene where uh, a, a, it's always a mugger goes, asks for their money, the Waynes give it to him, and then he shoots them anyway. He shoots both the parents, leaves the kid alive, and then Bruce feels responsible for his whole life that his parents died, and that's why he becomes the brooding superhero, sometimes anti-hero, Batman. Um, this is like the, the, the seeds of that in case they want to make a universe out of this fucking what did movie, you right? think? What did you think about this? So, the scene here... Obviously, is the birth of, of Batman here, but were right. you expecting Bruce Wayne to be a child when the Joker was the age that he was in this? Were you expecting anything going into this movie to be so different? I was expecting it to be very different, and I'm actually surprised that they even had Bruce Wayne in here. I, I was surprised. I thought, I like, when they did this little tacked-on thing with the Waynes at the end, I was kind of like... Yeah, but go back to the chaos and the shit that he caused, because that's the movie. The having the Waynes be there and like that scene where he went and like interrogated him. That whole subplot, honestly, where the Thomas Wayne is like the rich guy. Like this could have easily been the same character in New York with a different rich guy. It could have been I don't want to say Trump, but like you know what I mean. Like it doesn't have to be the Waynes. Like I, so, I was actually expecting less involvement from the comics. I was not expecting Bruce or Alfred or any Wayne involvement. I guess because of my naivety of the whole Batman story, you know, from from all different angles, I immediately 
think of Heath Ledger and um the fuck's his name? What's the actress oh, name? Oh, Christian. Christian Bale. Yes. Thank you. God. <laughs> I immediately go to uh, Heath Ledger and, and Christian Bale, Batman, and they're pretty much around the same age. There's not much difference, uh, you know, to the to the eye. And then when I came in here and I start and I watched Joker and I saw Joker as an adult man and Bruce Wayne as a ten year old kid. I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any fucking sense, and I don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> well, no, you told me, you were like, is this supposed to be, like, yeah, is Heath this Ledger? Because yeah. why is he a kid all of a sudden? I'm like, well, this is where that little blurb at the beginning that I said, um, it helps to know this has nothing to do with the Christopher Nolan Batmans, it has nothing to do with the Ben Affleck Batman, it has nothing to do with Suicide Squad with Jared Leto, it is a completely standalone Nothing to do with any other DC movie currently made. Maybe they'll tie it's into an the future. Take. It's an interesting take. I, I like I, it. I like for it. For me, it's very refreshing. In a world where everyone's trying to make a universe, everyone's trying to build a big fucking, basically TV in the movies, I love a standalone movie, and I don't even need all the superhero shit. I, like, I don't need the Waynes in there. Just make it about this crazy guy who leads the fucking movement, and yeah, you call it Joker to get some extra I mean, butts in the seats, but I, like, I don't I need I agree that. with you, because this could have been it could have been left to your imagination. You know what the Joker's going to go on to do later in life, or... It was just a taxi know. driver with the Joker, instead of it being a taxi driver. Like We all it. know that... that the, that the Waynes were killed at some point. Like it does, I, I think it was better left unsaid. Uh, I would have liked the because not included because it, but. what else besides that? What besides that alleyway scene? How much more is there inclusive to the other Batman's? Why did he only pick that one thing to hold hold up with with the others? You know what I mean? What do you, what do you, I don't know what you mean. He picked one scene of the alleyway killing to be the same as other Batmans, right? Oh, maybe just because it's iconic, and he thought that would help. Okay, appease, I mean, I, if if the... he wants to do that, I would I would have liked maybe a couple more little pieces added in for nostalgia. I don't know, just to 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 bring them in because now I'm not I'm, I'm now I'm not feeling it as much of an independent movie. Yeah, and at the end, you know, he he gets up from the police car and he takes the blood from his mouth and he does the Joker smile. It's that kind of thing too, where it's like he is now the Joker. Yeah, like and it was you know. weird that he he waited for the two these two ending scenes to make it cohesive with other ones. Yeah, I, I don't like this shoehornedness in there. Mm-hmm. I honestly probably would have been okay if they ended with if they skipped all the rioting and just fast forwarded to him in the true true ending we get, where he's imprisoned in Arkham State Hospital, laughing to himself. The psychiatrist—I like the psychiatrist—asks him to tell him a joke or tell her a joke because he's laughing to himself, and he replies, eh, "You wouldn't, you wouldn't understand." And and then he runs down the hall. And he's chased around by orderlies. He leaves bloody footprints. I don't know why there's bloody footprints because there. Because he killed the psychiatrist. Oh, is that what he did? Yeah, that's why he got blood on him. He killed her. They didn't show that, right? That's implied. No. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's that my assumption. My I'm right. That's my assumption, but I'm right. No, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I can only assume that he's blood on his feet because he killed her. Oh. I thought that's he, why like, they're chasing him. Because he's running he around. Was, like, cutting himself or something. That mm. makes more sense. That makes a lot of sense, and I think you're right, and that went over my head. I didn't realize that's what happened. Sorry, I don't remember that part. Um, 
but yeah, and then we get uh, the old um, send in the clown like classical music come in over it, and we get the old school the end writing at the beginning uh, or at the end. I I, I kind of like that. It's kind of fairy tale like. Um, that's the movie Resonance and Feel. We've talked about this quite a bit. It's a lot to talk about. Uh, Nicole, yeah. what do you think of that? I'm out of breath. I I give this movie. Oh gosh. Um, I'll give it a 4.5. I really want to give it a 5, but now talking it through again with you based off of one watch, there are things that I wish were different, things that I'm that I'm not excited to watch again when I see this again, because I will see this again, but there's parts that I know I'm not going to be as excited about, and that's, that's upsetting because they had such great opportunities in here, and, and some things were just made... Uh, like immaculately like they were they were the way that they had him um you know his downward spiral into this crazed person like he did it so well that everything else didn't really matter (laughs) to me (laughs) um but he he brought this movie home in terms of of the feel of it i was creeped out and made me it like uncomfortable and made my skin crawl because it was so realistic and this is real life sometimes i know it sounds stupid but it's really not because the underlying messages are there and you can really understand why people are afraid of this movie and people are afraid of the messages and they're afraid of the how how real it is so to me that means it's it's a successful movie 4.5 I'm also going to land on a four or five. Um, I want to see this again, and I want to see it again in theaters. Um, it gets better as it goes on. Uh, it climaxes for sure once he totally breaks um, up through, I guess, the Murray scene. Um, and then the end is okay, like the last 10 minutes or so. Like There's some good stuff in there. Um, but it's a uh, it's really fucking well-made movie. I really do resonate and feel with this fucking horrible horrible person and you know i didn't know you actually it sounds like you pretty much you really like this movie as well um i didn't i really did (laughs) we didn't talk about it i didn't know that i didn't want to know i didn't want to know what you thought i didn't want you to know what i thought yet because this is not my type of movie i know that's why i wasn't sure i was like are we gonna just argue this whole time it sounds like i mean we had some disagreements but for the most part we're on we're on the same page that this i think so fucking awesome movie um but i want to go back to you because you did have a little bit of this empathy in you which you have in spades compared to me um the whole <laughs> the whole argument the because the you know, fanboy argument i'm not gonna fight that you know if you, you love your comics you don't want your trophy to be touched i understand that uh, people who say it's childish no way to really fight that i mean it's v for vendetta like so if you want to make that argument the po- the more political um this is a dangerous movie argument um mm. I want to talk about that for a second because you seemed slightly more empathetic to that plight because I have no I have no sh- time for that. Um, uh. it, it shocks me that the it's I'm going to say it, it's it's if we're going to get political it's more of a far left thing to say that because um, this is a movie about an ext- uh, you know a, a, he's like an alt right extremist surrogate he's a, a you know middle aged white guy with mental problems who's unloved by the world and so he takes it out on everyone by shooting up the place and going crazy and causing a bunch of chaos you could point that to be like a manifesto for you know a lot of school shooters church shooters 
mall shooters who hate other people and blame them for all their problems like you could use this as like a talking point to be like oh see like that's how i feel i feel like that this whole hour and a half and then at the end you're cheering for him because you should cheer for me and i just want to say before like you know i think any movie can say anything and make anybody the hero the villain they can make anything what they want and it's entertainment and it's art you can make anything entertaining. You can make anything art. You can do whatever you want. And I'm surprised that people on the left are doing this because there was for a long time people on the far right, super Christian-y people, I'll say, are like, oh, you can't have this in your movie. You can't have this in your movie. You can't have this in your movie. And now it's the other side saying, well, you can't have these things in your movie. And I don't care what it is. You can have anything in a movie and make it a movie and make it fun and make it horrible and make it creepy and weird and sad and happy and just crazy and you can make it entertaining and it is art and you cannot touch that i'm done with my rant nicole what do you think holy shit i've been thinking about this all day at work and i'm just like like i understand i understand you don't want people to get shot in places i don't want that either but this is a fucking movie and it's crazy okay so i don't want to lose any listeners here (laughs) yeah bring them back (laughs) but um I understand where you're coming from, too. This is someone's perspective of of a fictional movie, and that's very apparent by some of the things that happen in here. But when you look at the movie itself of what the components are of this, you see somebody with with a mental illness that is given a weapon that has no mentor, no one to to help them. They're self-medicating, you know... Not well because they're he's not really being paid attention to by anybody, um, and he loses his shit and and goes on a rampage and that really hits home for a lot of people because this is a real life unfortunate situation that happens all the time and that triggers a lot of people's poor memories of things that have happened in in the recent years in terms of school shootings and protests because people were wrongfully killed and things like that so something like this that has political undertones where it may be a fake person running for governor in this or whatever in this film but there's somebody running for office here that's real that people have these same feelings and for for joker to be able to go up to mr wayne and let him get face to face with him and have the opp- opportunity to kill him like right there if he wanted to people want that in real life and that's something that i feel like shouldn't really be as easily ex- displayed as accessible to people because that's not how it is and we shouldn't put that in people's minds that it's okay to do that um so i i completely understand why people would be in uproar of this and and unfortunately to bring it back to this, I'll be, I'll shut up in a minute, but, um, it's, it brings back people's really horrible memories of what occurred from a different movie with, with Batman in it. <laughs> and it has become, uh, it has become more and more prevalent of what it happening in America, at least, um, you know, to this day and that's a very sensitive subject it's something that people don't want to talk about and i certainly think that there's people that don't want to see it fictionalized made fun of dramatized in a in a movie like this that they know a lot of people are going to see it puts a lot of bad judgment and a lot of bad thoughts in people's heads that i think could have been done without 
That being said, I agree with you. This is a movie. It's fiction. It's like ridiculous. Um, there's no way that, that something like this should happen, but we'll both be quiet about this for now. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I should probably stop talking about all that now, but, um, not to piss anyone else off. Anyway, we're at the end here. Joker. Uh, would you recommend Joker, Nicole? Uh, I, I definitely would recommend at least seeing this one time. Uh, there's a lot of political views that some people don't care much for, but if you can look past that and see the movie for what it is, and it's really beautifully made, the the actors really just put themselves into their roles, and Joaquin Phoenix is just an excellent character in this. He really sells you on the Joker. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are afraid, I guess, of what the viewpoints of this movie are. But for somebody to have the, like you said, have the balls mm-hmm. to make it and to do it so excellently is definitely something to watch. So I say at least once, if not more once <laughs> yeah 100 percent agree uh totally recommend this movie um you know it's polarizing for a reason you know it, it, there's gonna be people who don't like this movie but it just is really well made really well acted whether or not you like the messages or not um it's a good story to follow it's it's the execution's awesome and i i really i was tense sometimes i was laughing um i felt that gross dirty sickness that you feel but it's like a good kind like it's that fun movie kind um i recommend this and it's probably gonna be at my on the top of my list at the end of the year uh, just because yeah, that was really the year hasn't bad. been that strong, and this this just catapulted its way up the rankings. And I'm going to see it again just to make sure I'm not fucking crazy. Uh, but um, all right, yeah. So two recommends for the Joker, two solid recommends for the Joker. Sorry, yeah, sorry, definitely. stop calling it the Joker. It's just Joker. Um, so coming up, <laughs> is the Joker something different? Mm, probably, but that's just not what it's called. I, I don't know. There's probably something else called the Joker. Uh, anyway, coming up, we have one more streaming review. We actually decided to do. It just came out on streaming on Netflix. We decided to do the Rugrats movie. Um, so if if what? you <laughs> if you want to hear what we have to say on that, that'll be coming out on Thursday. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. Or relive your childhood, or your child's childhood. Oh, yeah, or your child's childhood, or, <laughs> or your grand, or your grandkids' childhood. You know, uh, hopefully people know what the Rugrats are. I, I don't know if people that might might be too old now. <laughs> I don't know kids these days. Um, but if and then we're gonna be back in the theaters for the rest of the month. We got Gemini Man. Uh, we got Jay and Silent Bob. We got Jojo Rabbit. We got. Um, I don't know, a million things coming up. A lot of movies coming up. Oscar season's coming right around the corner. So November, December, lots of movies. If you have anything to recommend to us in the meantime, films with the women in my life on Facebook. And the best place to reach out to me is Brennan underscore pod host on Instagram. We had a lot to talk about tonight. Um, I think it was good. I think it was good. It was just two people. We don't need another two hour show like Endgame. Um, So, Nicole, thank you for being on for Joker. Thanks for having me. Until next time, everyone, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole Delesio. This show is produced by Brandon.